Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. All right, so when you're looking at a food label, what do you look at first? What do you really look at first? I think it's different for a lot of us. Is it calories? Do you look at the fat content? Is it the protein, carbohydrates, sugars? Or do you actually look at what's in the food? Now, I know you might look at all of those things eventually, but what does your eye go to first? Now answer this question. When someone says, oh, no, you're going to love that. It's got tons of protein in it. Is your first thought a positive thought? I'll just be honest and tell you, mine has been. There's so much conflicting information out there about food and nutrition and what is the best and what's optimal and how we're all supposed to eat. And I I think all of us are desperate for like specific rules. I want to know the exact formula. Tell me what to eat and when to eat it and how much of it and at what time. And and if we could just hear one simple answer, then we would all be satisfied and we wouldn't be so confused, right? Well, the bottom line is there isn't one exact answer. And my guest today, Darren Olean, is such a proponent of helping people understand how to live a super life. Darren Olean is the founder and the visionary of Super Life, which also happens to be the title of his latest book. Darren is recognized in the food industry as the guy who sources superfoods. He's like a hunter. Darren's been around the world and back and into remote locations trying to source and then formulate and research the world's greatest edible food sources. He's a renowned authority on nutrition and hydration, exercise, and how our food relates to that. Here's what you're going to love about Darren's approach. No, you're not going to get some very specific exact rules that you need to follow, but he is going to simplify this so that you can use your common sense and some moderation and do what's right for you. And Darren devoted his expertise, time, and research to help change the standard of supplement ingredients, including his work on what many consider to be the gold standard of superfood ingredients to supplement drinks, Shakeology. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the protein myth, about eating paleo, intermittent fasting, and other popular trends, and how to evaluate if it's helping you or hurting you, how long to stay on it, and how to get the most out of your life by eating superfoods. Hey, Darren, it's Shaleen. Hey, Shaleen. How are you? I am awesome. I'm really excited. I just uh, finished a protein shake of which I know you were really one of the key people in in putting together the ingredients and and not just that, but the science behind all of it. So it's exciting to have you talking to our lifers today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun to have other people consuming the thing that I hope to create. <laughs> I love it. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. But I, you know, there's so many people who are tuning in today and I want to talk about the protein myth. But before we do that, can you share with our audience, especially those who are not familiar with your work or your new book, Super Life, share with us, how did you get here? Where are you from? Have you always been, you know, the guy, the go-to guy for nutrition? Did you always eat healthy? Is this how you grew up? Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> is the answer. Uh, I, you know, I was a small town kid from southern Minnesota eating whatever, as the meat and potatoes story goal goes. And just before all of that, I started life really fragile. I was three and a half pounds. I was two months premature. And my messaging coming in was, holy cow, this is a really vulnerable place to have a body. And <laughs> I'm, I might not live because my father then told me like, 
you know, I had a 50-50 chance of living and, and uh, my, you know, they were watching my brain if it was developed and my lungs and the central nervous system and all of these things. And so that kind of set me on a path that, you know, I was uh, in an incubator for three weeks. And uh, although I was able to leave, um, there were some systems that were lagging behind. Uh, you know, I had a resting heart rate of 120 beats per minute. I had a hyperactive thyroid. I had some learning disabilities. I had glasses. I had patches on my eye. I had water on my knees. I had a lot of weird things that just kind of supported that. Holy cow, this is going to be a tough go. I mean, you're this really strong, strapping guy. You're known as the Indiana Jones of nutrition. I know you played collegiate football. So it's hard to picture this kind of sickly child. When did that change? Yeah, you know, essentially uh, three and a half pounds to 200 pounds. Uh, hmm. And then at 16, uh, you know, I was still weak. And uh, I think I was 5'9", 135 pounds at 16. So a small kid, um, I picked up my first weight and I had some, uh, you know, some mentors in the gym. And then my body started developing. So from 16 to 18, I put on like, uh, with with a little food adjustment and figuring out food is power, uh, you know, I went from 135 pounds to almost uh, 185, 190. So so that was a huge piece for me. So the food with the the exercise and weight training, and then that threw me into a pre being pretty decent at sports, and uh, I decided to play college football starting my sophomore year at, at fullback and the first game of the season i had a career-ending back injury physical therapy doctor world got me to a certain point and i couldn't play again so i was really frustrated i was really depressed that from the small town i thought going to the twin cities in minnesota was a really big step and now that kind of dream of continuing to play stopped instantaneously and then I transferred schools and then said, I need to figure this out for myself first. Mm. And it dawned on me the last kind of, not the last, but the certainly a big part of the, the bell that went off was I can learn about this through this education. And as, as weird as that sounds, I was like, oh, I actually love this because I've been having an experience with my body and changing it. Let me learn about it. And so I transferred schools and went into exercise, phys, and nutrition. And then that was, you know, digging into that was just sent off this lightning bolt of curiosity that lasts today. When did you start like looking for these exotic superfoods? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. So from, I think I graduated in 1994. It took me an extra year, but um, in 1994, and then from 1994 to 2005, I was just playing around. I was working with athletes. I was working with individuals. I was working with a lot of people. But 2005 was one of the biggest events in my life. I lost my father to alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, he was an wow. amazing, amazing guy, and we were super close. And he was one of those people that saw a lot, felt a lot, received a lot, but didn't choose a lot. So he didn't, cho he didn't, cho he didn't choose the life that he truly desired, um, and, and it kind of got him. So he picked up the bottle, and, and from there, when he passed away, uh, gosh, 10 years ago already, 
Wow. Um, I said, okay, what am I going to do with this legacy? Now it's on me. And I didn't take that as pressure at all. I took that as I am in a place where I am ridiculously happy and curious about what I'm doing, but I have to actually now do it in a way that's going to make an impact. Because at that point, I had been finding, because I started to travel, I had been to India, I had been to some other places in South America. And so I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I just, one plane ride, one country at a time, uh, making connections with people. Because the first genesis, again, was I wanted to know exactly how to use the plant, not from a a lab coat or a, a research article, but from the people themselves that have been using it forever. And I wanted to see it, experience it, feel what it was like to be in the culture. And, and so when in 2005, I decided to launch my own products and, and everything else. And, and because I had found, I had found superfoods no, no one's ever heard of before. I had put formulations, I had tons in my head that I was like, okay, well, I love that particular drink, Shakeology. And uh, no, I'm not a you know paid affiliate for it. And when someone says to me, well, you know, I've got my own protein shake that I drink or whatever. Like, Yukon, yeah. I've read that on the back of the label. I, I know I can't remember any of the ingredients. So here's always my answer. It's like got the best stuff in it. And so like <laughs> it doesn't even compare to yours. And I think a lot of people are drinking protein shakes or doing supplements that they they look at some key things like the amount of protein or fat or carbohydrates <laughs> and nothing else. And right. so go ahead and get up on your um, soapbox for a minute here. And I think we know at a base level that not all supplements are made equal. But what are people putting in their bodies when they're buying these like really cheap protein powders? Oh, God only knows. Really? And, th- and their bodies only know. You know, it's a really... It's a really dangerous um, situation. Consider that we have a sheriff, which is supposed to be the FDA, Mm -hmm. but there is no deputies to to actually oversee anything. So it's as if they give they give you the instructions: Hey, do this for your supplements and and everything else. Uh, uh, Obey these laws, and and good luck. And mm. we expect you to do that. So if you're looking at a billions of dollars of an industry and you have really no watchmen, only when something bad happens, you have so many people uh, creating products and so many companies distributing products that have no quality assurance, that have no testing in place, that are just receiving ingredients so far removed from how they're supposed to be treated, grown, processed, so that they have the blueprint, the the signature that they're supposed to have, so they have the active components that are supposed to do what they've been doing for thousands of years. You have just dust particles that really Yeah, it's really it's really sad. And it's it's not the sexiest thing to it's 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 hard to let that information be out there because it's easy to put a shiny package on something. Now, wait a minute. You said it's hard to let that information be out there. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, not that it's hard, but it's easy to just market. Mm. It's easy to just make something look pretty and put a nice little ad together 
And it's, you know, formats like this where I've been behind uh, the veil for so long in, in, in direct uh, growing and processing and manufacturing and sourcing of some of these foods that, you know, most of these superfoods that I, I can tell you where they're coming from. I don't care what company it is. I can pretty much know uh, who's growing it and uh, that you should or shouldn't have it. It's hard to really paint the full picture when the industry is moving so fast and it's just marketing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so little regulation, like you said. I mean, so little. And, and that's what I love about your book is, you know, you make no bones about it and it may be controversial, but I love that you are a spokesperson to all of us to say, listen, we've been sold um, a load of goods and it's up to us to figure out what we should be putting in our bodies. And you have these five life forces that you believe help people live the super life. But one of the things I think is, you know, really, man, you're on the forefront of this is the protein myth. Yeah. That's me. I pick up every package and I look at two things. And I used, I'm learning, but I used to look at fat and go, oh, too much fat, put it back. And then right. I would look at protein or too many carbs, put it down. Why have we all been trained to look at the protein? And can you dispel some of the myths that you go into in great detail in your book? But can you just share with us some of the biggest myths we need to be aware of? Yeah, I mean, we're, we've been fed this stuff, uh, pun intended, for so long. You know, you go into, okay, all fat's bad. And now, uh, you know, so go fat free. And so we chemicalize our food and, and somehow now that's good. And, and now we're in this culture right now. We're just in another fad wave of saying that, oh, well, dude, how much protein does it have in it? And, mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about one macronutrient when you when you're really talking about food, when food is processed correctly, if at all, right, that it has hundreds and hundreds of active compounds that are there. And we're talking about one macronutrient. That one macronutrient is absolutely essential, right? It's essential for every from every cell to the infrastructure of, of the mitochondria, to the DNA, to our, all the way to our nails and our skin and uh, our eyeballs, everything. So we need uh, protein. We need amino acids for sure. But if you look at, but if we get too much of it, that's where it goes, starts going against us. Mm. So when we start getting over 15, 20, 25% protein in our overall calories and these, you know, these kind of, I don't know, little crazy ketogenic worlds that people, you know, starve themselves completely of carbohydrates. You put yourself in survival mechanisms and your body has many backup systems to counteract that. So people get addicted to this, this, okay, hey, I lost weight because I just, I ate like, 10 carbs for the day <laughs> and, and I ate all this, uh, you know, bacon and fat when in fact, what I ask is what do the cells require? Mm. I was ta taught this through uh, from researchers to indigenous people. What are this? If your cells are hurting, you're hurting. So, and the cells uh, essentially have about 15, five to 15% protein requirements. After that, it creates a cascade of, of, uh, of acidosis that your body has to counter, counter back. What is acidosis? Essentially acid in your body that is created 
from excess protein. When you have excess protein, the difference between carbohydrates and fats is that you have this molecule called nitrogen. That's the only thing you need to know. Mm -hmm. Nitrogen is there, and that's what contributes to the creating of, of acid. So if by consuming all of this protein, it creates an acidic effect, with, which then turns on your body to go, we're in trouble because we don't want to burn from the inside out, literally. So we take calcium from our bones, mm. we take magnesium, potassium, sodium, all of these essential electrolytes that are supposed to be used for something else. Um, and then we turn those on to help buffer the acid, right? Wow. And then if we're on that longer and longer, our liver then creates ammonia, which is super alkalining, which is so alkalining, it can actually over time burn the inside of your body as well trying to deal with the acidic situation. So let's just take this worst case scenario for somebody who's been like extreme paleo for years and, yep. um, you know, doing this to their body and trying to survive at like four to 7% body fat or something crazy, you know, they're like, they're living this life. What could happen to their body? Uh, so many things because you're undermining What do you it. see? Well, you know, the easiest thing that that is inflammation, mm. because what happens is a lot of these people like I'm not even against paleo because there's more there's more good things about that than there's bad. Sure. There's, there's just a few things that just take a left turn that that is just right. insane to me. Right. So the, a lot of the principles of paleo are, is good. Right. So I'm not here to bash paleo. Right. But, but people have conveniently created it different than it was actually meant to. But some of the things are when you start this you can definitely feel and see results but if you stay on it it was never meant to be stayed on the mm. body is never meant to be in this survival mode it was never meant to be uh starved of the essential things that the the cells require so what happens is the body then starts creating inflammatory responses it's trying to buffer the acids by taking water from inside the cell and and taking it diffusing it out to the cell and that's inflammation so now all of a sudden the the person is a, they're completely lethargic. They have mm -hmm. no energy, mm -hmm. but then they reach for their coffees and their sodas or their caffeine because now your whole, your whole systems of your body are undermined and tired. Uh, so, so now that's a whole compound effect. But you're going to eventually go, why can't I lose that weight anymore? Why do I, f I can't sleep very well because it undermines melatonin, serotonin, dopamine, all of that stuff. So you can't really fall asleep anymore. Your breath will probably start smelling because wow. the ammonia will start coming out. Your stools will give you a lot of, of really bad information. Hmm. Uh, your digestion will probably get off. The internal system of your microbes will start changing. Um, so now we went back to that very same thing I was telling you about, right? So before the call, we talked about this hosting principle, right? Right. So, so you're either hosting disease or you're inviting disease. You're either hosting health or you're not. So, so by all of these systems that are failing because you're on these fad kind of ideas and, and over for too long, 
your environment is then changing. So your environment now is creating different uh, situations to host other things. It's as if, you know, if you take out all the garbage and then if your systems can't work, your garbage man can't show up every Sunday. And now you have a bunch of garbage at the end of your street. What happens then if your garbage starts building up? Yeah. You then have vermin, parasites, bacteria that are absolutely essential. They're doing their job, right? Because the environment now is such that they can survive and live and thrive, right? We are not the only species wanting to live here, but Hmm. the environments are very important for us to either create or destroy. A simple thing is staying away from processed foods and, and heavy, heavy meat consumption and all of this stuff. Automatically eating fresh food and stuff create life-giving, weight loss dropping, uh, sleep improving benefits, just like that alone. What are the um, likelihood of increased risk of injury for somebody who's on this, as you say, unsustainable um, adaptation of one of these, you know, kind of fad ways of eating. And and I love that you're you have this approach to things that's in moderation. And there's no good or bad, but it can go bad. So for someone who's been, you know, just taking this to the extreme for so many years, what are the risks of injury there too? Because I see a lot of that. Oh yeah, I mean it's the, so if you're creating this environment where what happened. You know, we talk of acidic conditions, right? And the acidic conditions come from processed foods and heavy meat and dairy consumption, um, even acidic thoughts. So that's a whole nother topic. But what happens when exercise, when you really kick ass in an, in an exercise, you can get what? Sore. Right. What is that? Is that that's lactic acid? That's mm-hmm. more acid. Oh, yeah. So now if your buffering systems are already compromised, guess what? The, the lactic acid has no place to go. It has no ability to process through. Yes, through oxygen, through respiration, a lot of that can help. But when you have these systems that are always bogged down already and you can't even take out the garbage inside your own body and then on top of it, you're breaking muscle down and you don't have the ability to recover the environments and on so many different systems are compromised, there's no way you're not going to get an injury. Mm. Yeah. And, and you know, you know this more than anyone. When you, when you are working out, working out is only good based on the, your body's ability to recover fast and efficiently. <laughs> right. Right. So if you can't recover, that's why it makes me crazy when I see these athletes. I've gotten to work with a few of them, these professional athletes that are just eating like mad. They're just eating crazy when, in fact, if you just dial in a few things, their bodies are already so amazing. What do you mean by they're eating mad? What does that well, mean? Well, they're just eating bad and mad, just crazy stuff. And they're still... But what uh, do you mean by that? Like they're eating bad food choices or they're going to extreme with low fat, high protein? All, all of the above. Mm. All of the all the above. And, and you know, I, I'm just not a fan of overriding these life force principles that are just like kind of elephants in the room, mm. you know? And, and my book goes back into like, Okay, come on. You you generally know what to eat, right? We genuinely know that if I were to take take someone, if I were to take you, Shailene, and you'd never had been here, and I threw you threw you in a body for the first time, and you were like, "Oh, okay, 
<laughs> well, what do you think you should eat instinctually, letting your body inform you? Yeah. Right. Not being manipulated by your senses of, of the smells, the fats, the fried, the, all of that stuff. That's manipulation of, of, and is very smart by the marketing wizards of trying to sell products. But wouldn't you know that, oh, wow, I should eat uh, a lot of whole fresh, uh, plants that are local to here. And, um, and, and I'm sorry that when we're born, we don't have the instinct of grabbing our pet gerbil and ripping its, you know, ripping it apart and eating it. That's yeah. not, that's not instinctually something we do. Our bodies are definitely adaptive. And that's the, also the double edged sword. Like all these people and all these books out there all have their own spin because our bodies can adapt to anything. Oh, that's so true. And I guess that's why we can expect that there's always going to be a new trend. Like the person who was uh, before the the police for how much fat you're eating is now the person who's like, you've got to be eating chunks of whole butter, <laughs> you know? And it's just crazy how people just latch onto that because we're looking for guidelines. We're looking for rules. But that's what I love about your book is you're like, you know, you, you already have the code. You already know what to do and to not get so caught up in these trends and fads and and to really pay attention to what you're feeling and how to maximize this incredible life by using all of those forces that we have available to us and and how and I and not to go off on a tangent about your book, but really how each one of them has to be in balance or the whole thing gets out of whack. Exactly. We're you know, we've our whole healthcare system is all about special speciality, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like I gotta go this specialist and that spe specialist and this friend. But in fact, once you go I had a great friend of mine, uh, Dr. Mosin, tell me this one thing. He said, once you go to a specialty, you go further and deeper into unknown and uncharted territory because you go further and deeper away from that, which was the origin of the source of the, mm. of the truth or right. of the problem. So, you know, then you go into fatal conveniences of all these other things that are supposed to, a fatal convenience is pharmaceutical drugs. You're not at the source of what a system is telling you to to change you're just at a you're at a convenience that you're going to get through this day and and have a less of a headache when your body is going you know what i haven't drank an ounce of water a day and the first sign of dehydration is fatigue and headache and backache and all of these things when now you're going to a specialist specialist for your migraines now you're going to a specialist for your your backache when in fact if you started drinking water enough water and i go deep into hydration into the book once you start going into training your body to change its set point of how much water can receive those things start to go away wow another really popular trend that people are constantly asking about is intermittent fasting yeah and, and how that's kind of gone haywire too what are your thoughts on that i i mean i've done it for the for most of my life and if we look at it We've naturally done it as societies and culture, right? So I always like to go back to things that have been used. Again, like how I said, I, that's, that's how I formulate from. That's where my superfoods and medicinal plants was informed from. So we've, we've been fasting to ex certain extents for as long as we've known that we've had civilized societies. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, 
these ideas of throwing out fasting and then do this and don't do, and do that and not having a, a clear understanding of, of what to do before it and what to do after is very dangerous for the metabolic systems and can actually throw you backwards. If you understand fasting has always been connected to a deeply spiritual practice, always, because there's a very sacred thing that happens when you're stopping that process. Mm. And it's so there's a lot of preparation beforehand. There's a very clear map as to what you're doing. And there's a very clear understanding of what's going on afterwards. And there is, again, in our society, we like to, uh, you know, cut the head off the snake all the time. And when we have to look at everything in a whole, mm. A, why am I doing this? Am I doing it for weight loss? Really bad idea. Mm. Am I leading in health first? If you lead in health first, which is one of the main kind of undertoes of my book, you get everything. <laughs> so true. You know, you get, you, you, the weight doesn't want to stay on you. Inflammation doesn't want to stay with you. Your, your pasty skin doesn't want to be, won't be there anymore. Um, you know, fatigue goes away. No more, you know, medications start to change. Isn't it crazy, though, that it is the weight loss that motivates people to make change so often? And, and yeah. it's a shame. But, you know, and, and for, by the way, for those of you who this is the first time you've even heard the term intermittent fasting in my show notes, shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast, I will link to several different episodes where we've had guests on talking about different approach and opinions on intermittent fasting so you can kind of make an informed decision for yourself. But Darren, I um, can you tell us, just generally speaking, do you eat within a certain number of hours each day? Or what is your intermittent fasting practice? Yeah, so now it's, you know, A, we're fasting every night while we sleep, mm -hmm. right? So that's right. a natural fast. Sometimes I'll do a day fast. I haven't done that in a little while, but I'm very clear why I'm doing it. But the intermittent fasting can be, you know, you wake up and then you're, you know, a popular window, which is, I think, a little safer mm -hmm. is like that 10 hour window where you're only eating it in, in a 10 hour uh, to 11 hour span and then that's it. So the other, the other hours out of the day, you're just uh, fasting. So you can wake up and, and uh, have your breakfast and, and then 10 hours from there uh, is when you've finished your last meal. Um, and it's a, you know, I get into detoxification a lot in the book too. And, and it's a very important thing to stop eating and to allow for your body to switch into regulatory functioning, to clean itself out. Cause I don't know about you, but our society is just getting hammered with unknown, uh, stressors from, you know, 80,000 new unidentified toxins being emitted in our atmosphere every year to Wi-Fi signals, to yeah. toxins in our food, to all of this stuff. So our need to detox and to provide this, the scenarios for our body to cleanse itself is even more important, which is also my argument for why superfoods and things like Shakeology are so important now because our bodies are compromised in invisible ways that yeah. we don't even know. The invisible stressors. You know, I guess the reason why I have always, you know, the, even the term intermittent fasting, like I, I didn't even want to look into that much further because for me, the term fasting has a very negative connotation. 
and as does like dieting. That sounds like something you can't do long term. It sounds like something you're doing to punish yourself. And that's just my own, you know, past experiences. But when I think of what most people describe that's happening in the body when we're quote unquote fasting, it's what you just said. It's your clean cycle. Yeah. You know, you're allowing your body to rest and to restore and to process. And so I think if people approach it from that standpoint and not of like a, I'm putting myself on in starvation mode, um, starting now, but like I'm, I'm allowing my body to do what it's supposed to do and to go through that clean cycle and to rest and to allow for proper digestion. It's such a healthier way to look at it. I really wish that the term intermittent or fasting wasn't associated with what, you know, we know has been a practice we've done naturally for thousands of years. Yeah, exactly. Well, people abuse it and, and, and uh, listen, I think intention behind everything will determine the outcome. So you can have a massively different intention uh, than the person eating the same meal next to you and will have biochemical uh, differences in your body based on that. So the fasting thing has gotten uh, something where people are looking for that quick fix. Mm -hmm. and, and the quick fix is undermining so many things in the body that's trying to regulate themselves and 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 give you the body's designed it's a freaking miracle <laughs> it's it's designed to to help you thrive it's doing everything it can to keep you upright and keep you moving forward so that you don't even know that this stuff's going on but if we keep doing weird things to it and not drinking seven percent of america doesn't even drink an ounce of water a day wow that, that's insane every system's going to be affected by that and then we wonder why we're depressed and our, <laughs> our chronic disease is, is killing, is at the top of the, what's killing America. It's like degenerative diseases are doing small things over a long period of time that's creating degeneration. So that either creates health or creates disease. What are your habits that you're doing every day that's generating you towards thriving and optimal health or it's all these other habits that, oh, that's just, that's just who I am. And that's the weakest position to ever be in. Because mm. for me, those milestones in my life, believe me, you're not more fragile than a three and a half pound child coming into this world. There's so much that can go on. And that journey for me was getting the, the access to these fundamental things that we have the power to choose and change. We can create and change so much for this amazing regenerative body that that's the message and the mission that I'm dedicated to. I mean, super life is not just a name for me. I co-created my super life with the, the, the mystery that is life. And I want people to have the same because we have more responsibility and power than we've been willing to give ourselves. And I want people to get that back. Darren, you can hear your enthusiasm. Like I can just, I can tell you just sat up really straight and moved in close to the mic. And because it is your passion to help people learn that these simple changes can bring together a huge, incredible change in your life. But there's simple little changes that allow you to do this and you're passionate about it because you know that a super life is possible for anyone. People can learn more about your book by going to superlife.com. Is that correct? That's right. Well, there's some great tips in there. And again, what I, I really appreciate about you is the moderation, the common sense to all of this. It's like 
your body is your friend. Don't be an enemy to it. And, and I just can't thank you enough for your passion and your vision. So thanks for being a guest of The Shalene Show. Oh, thank you, Shalene. I appreciate it. It's been great. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I just feel like the more knowledge I have, the more confidence I have when it comes to my own nutrition, when it comes to helping others. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends, especially the ones who are, you know, they're really into this. They want to know more about their nutrition. What is the right amount of carbohydrates, proteins, calories, fats? The more knowledge we have, the better we can make informed decisions about our own body. So all you have to do is click the share button on this podcast, and you can actually email the link to this show to anyone you know who would like this episode, or you can actually copy and paste that link and send it in a text message. Thank you for your support of The Shalene Show. It means the world to me. And until we have a chance to spend time together again, I want you to know how much I appreciate you. You really are the bomb.com. You know, if I keep saying that, it, that phrase will never leave me. I should probably come up with another one. So let's do that. Why don't you guys help me come up with another tagline for the end of this show? Or maybe you think I should keep you're the bomb.com. I just want your opinion. So let me know what it should be. Leave me a message, shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>